Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, Jason. Good evening. And good evening. Kendikos, everybody. Hey. <laughs> Hey-o. Hey-o. Good evening, guys. How are you? Yeah, I would just like to make a public announcement, everybody. We do have a special guest who specializes in, what is it, uh, construction-grade pine farmhouse tables, correct? <laughs> exactly. Nailed it. He's I built cannot. an empire wow. on pocket hole screws <laughs> and pine. Wow. The occasional... Man, you know me. A, you guys know me way too well. Epoxy river uh, table. But when, I, but when I put those uh, pocket screws in, I use only impact drivers. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. Right. The king Makes of, sense. Yeah, of yeah. pressure Does treat. It, yeah. This Does is it a, faster. This is an amateur yeah, yeah, yeah. hour, okay? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's no chumps here. Well, Jeez, so everybody... Yeah. We we do have a we do have a guest tonight, obviously, um, and I, we will talk about that in just a minute. But before we get into that, I want to talk about uh, the giveaway sponsor, which again is Bessie Tools North America. Uh, so huge thank you to Bessie as always. And this month they are giving away a set of the Bessie Revo Junior Parallel Clamps, which is a good score for anybody who can win. Now to enter, U.S. and Canada, sorry Alaska and sorry Hawaii. You are banned from this giveaway. Not our decision. But to enter, all you have to do is go over to greensuiterspodcast.com and fill out the entry form, and you will be entered for your chance to win said clamps. Ben, did I miss anything? You did not. You did great. Good job. Wow. Thank you. Amazing. Why did you look at it? You were looking off to the side. It actually looked like to me you were looking at me, like in the box next to No, other way. There you go. Yep. Ooh, that's that's a good thumbnail. It's a ma- yeah, it's a good thumbnail, yeah. All right, so let, let's get into it. We have a guest tonight, Ken DeCoste, who this is kind of confusing, right? So Ken DeCoste of previously of NS Builders. Correct. Now Materia Millwork. Did I pronounce that right? You did, yeah. And everybody, creator of the Hive notebook which oh, yeah, i have right. mine handy right here to jot down notes Love in case it. i remember something that i want to ask you but uh, i'm not going to keep blabbing because he knows himself better than i do so <laughs> ken why don't you tell our audience a little bit about you sure so uh <clears throat> you know you kind of hit the nail on the head there formerly from ns builders earlier this year we actually took the cabinet shop and split it off. So for those that don't know, NS Builders is a general contractor. So they build you know, homes from the ground up and also do large scale renovations. So I ran the cabinet shop for that company for like five years. And then this year we split the shop off into its own business um, for a number of different reasons. And we started Materia. So I was brought in as a partner for uh, that company. And, you know, we've been in business for three months now and we are already booked out until next spring so we are hitting Jeez. the ground running um and you know the the inquiries are coming in daily um which is great you know really good for us and you know hopefully we can keep this um momentum going so yeah super excited about wow. the the new venture here and so now that is in partnership with nick nick schiffer right yep yeah nick and i both co-own that company. Way cool. So, I mean, that sure. that's really what I'm, I, that, that was kind of my question, uh, what was going to be one of the questions that I asked, but I'm really interested in 
because I know that you came in and took over the cabinet shop. I, I loved your post that you did on Instagram, and you just left everybody hanging. And I was so confused. Said, you know what I'm talking uh-huh. about? I was like, yeah, and it was like, I've, what's going on? Yeah, and then there was nothing. There was just crickets. yeah, it was awesome. And yeah, I was I was so there, confused because it was like, and that's be, why I'm leaving. Yeah, there was supposed to be a part two followed up with that after a few days, but uh, we never even ended up recording it. So it just kind of <laughs> stayed at what little, it was. So, a hey. premature there. But, yeah, that's all right. You know, we just wanted to we just wanted to stir the pot a little yeah. bit, have some fun with it. Wow. Um, you know, and you stirred it. It worked. It was, it was a good time. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, but then ultimately, it kind of didn't go too far, right? Since just about everything kind of stays the same. We're just switching a few things. You know, it's still the same shop. It's still the same team. Um, you know, it's still me and Nick. So not a lot has changed in that sense. We're just opening up to a a lot more opportunities now. Wow. Now you went on a you went on a trip. Right after that post, where where were you? You were in Spain or uh, Portugal? Yeah, Portugal. So yeah, I saw that, and so all I was thinking about the entire time was like, he's like moving and starting like a cabinetry business or something in <laughs> in Spain. Because I'm like, he just did that. I'm leaving NS Builders. Now he's you know in uh, Portugal. What is going on? And then again, crickets heard nothing. And then I saw the announcement for material millwork, and I was like, oh, "Okay, now it yeah. makes sense. It's cool." Yeah, tempt me with a good time. I'll go over there and start a shop. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure. Why not? It's beautiful over there. So you didn't have to move anything. You're just still in the same shop. He just did a 360. He just turned around real quick. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but the the tricky thing here is though we've been looking for a larger shop for mm-hmm. quite some time now. Um, right now we're in about 2,400 square feet, which, you know, mm. to you guys, maybe working out of the garage sounds like a lot, right? But it is, you know, when you're in our line, it's yeah, it's, and mm. you guys have seen the videos We're we're packed full floor to ceiling oh, um, yeah. in that shop. So we are actively looking for a space. We've been looking for a bigger space. Um, they're just few and far between, you know, out here in, in the Boston area, as you can imagine. And then the stuff that is available gets super expensive, super yeah. quick. So, and of course, you know, there's a particular area that we're looking to be in, which, you know, everybody's trying to be in that area because it bridges the kind of Metro West suburbs with the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's very sought after, you know, a lot of lab spaces going there, uh, colleges. So we have some pretty stiff competition. And it hasn't been easy. So still on the hunt. Yeah, man. Too cool. I'm going to be up in that area in about two weeks. Uh, should be pretty cool. I think you all are, Yo, right? Yeah. You all are going to JLC? Yep. JLC. Yeah. Yep, for sure. For sure. Nice. So I'm... Uh, what? I, go ahead. Go I'm ahead. sorry. I just, you know, switch... Staying on the JLC, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be there. I know I told you that I, I probably will, but... I might be out of town that week. <laughs> really? Oh, man. Yeah. It's always good seeing we're, you when um, we're there. Yeah. I mean, well, we, I just saw you there not too long ago, right? I mean, JLC was, what, in the fall? August, yeah. They, they just had one. It was weird doing yeah. it in August, not March, you know? It was, yeah. And it was small. Yeah. It was it was an interesting one. Kind of, you know, a feeler. They were testing the waters for sure. Uh-huh. So um, I'm, I'm hoping I get to go to the this one, you know, with the new company, we've 
we've expanded a little bit and we're able to reach out into different suburbs, different cities. So we have a, a project that we've been fabricating that's going out to New York City. And the install is either going to be that week or the following week. We're still kind of on the fence as to which week it's going to be. Um, so I'm hoping it's going to be the latter so that I can uh, make it over to JLC this year. Cool. So now Materia Millwork. Now, for, first of all, NS Builders, when you guys were doing the, the cabinet shop organic to NS Builders, you know, proper, right? I, you guys weren't just doing cabinetry, although I know that that's – is that pretty much the majority of your work is, is the cabinetry side? Yeah, I would side? say that was – yeah, that was um, – especially for NS Builders, it was pretty much all the cabinetry. I mean, we would fabricate things like, you know, doors, like entry doors or, you know – things of that nature, but the vast majority of it was just cabinetry. But then I saw, I saw that new post uh, that you guys did. The, I think it's going to Arizona or California. Yeah, Arizona. Well, she lives that in California. Her second amazing. home is in Arizona. Yeah, so it, it arrived there. They have it. They installed it. Looks awesome. She's very excited. Um, but yeah, that's another whole line of this business that we're, we're looking to expand upon um one of our guys is actually he went to school for furniture making uh, as well as design so he's really passionate about making those type of pieces so we're really hoping that we can expand upon you know this line and have some more offerings here in the future for um you know pieces like that whether it's completely custom or we have a line of different mm -hmm. you know furniture available for people to just let's say go on the website and buy um, wow. probably made to order. <laughs> we don't have a lot of space to store stuff. Yeah. And as you guys know, everybody wants something different. Hey, I like that bed, but can you make it in this type right. of wood or can you yeah. make it this size? So I think, uh, made to order is probably going to be the way to go for some of that stuff. Mm. Right. But you know, too, like with having that kind of approach to it, now we can bring on, you know, somebody who might be a little bit greener and, you know, teach them how to make these repetitive things and just have them crank away at that kind of stuff, which is, you know, something we're struggling with right now is getting um, help. I mean, we're looking for help. We're trying to get, and this is, you know, across the board. I know everybody I talk to is looking to hire good help and it's hard to find, but there's no shortage of younger people who want to, you know, learn about this stuff. And unfortunately we just don't have the capacity to take that on. I mean, I would love to, but, and we can't bring all these people in. We just don't have the manpower to, to train them or the time to do so um, at the moment. You know, hopefully as mm -hmm. we're growing this and we are able to take on more and more of those people. So something else we're, we're looking forward to. Hmm. Now, is that the <clears throat> ultimate plan would be to get a bigger space and bring more people on? Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now I could, I could probably use two more guys immediately. Um, and we just we haven't found them. Uh, still looking for them as well. But the more people we fit in that shop, the more material that we're producing, you know, it, it's already super full. So it's going to be extremely tight, thus the need for a larger shop. And they kind of go hand in hand. Um, but we have a lot of, you know, big plans for the new company. Like I said, we want to grow that furniture side. We want to grow the millwork side. Um, you know, ultimately we have, you know, we're actually bringing in millworks so or making moldings uh, in the shop. And that's another thing where it's like, you know, we can get a young kid, you know, fresh out of school put him in front of a molder and just have him crank that stuff all day. Being right. in that shop environment, he's going to learn. Mm -hmm. She's going to learn so much just being a sponge, sitting there listening to the jargon. Mm -hmm. you know. And it's not like they're just going to sit in front of the molder all day. It's going to be, hey, come over here, give me a hand doing you know X, Y, and Z. And they're going to learn so much that way. And you know, we're excited to get to that point. But you know, just 
It's not quite there yet. Hmm. Right. When you well, look, whatever you do, don't hire Jason. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he would just I would break commute, everything you touch. Yeah, it would be a hell of a commute. I got a quick question. You said, <laughs> but he comes with a lot of festivals. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. I'll just take my private jet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, perfect. Thanks, patrons. I got a I got a quick question. When you're saying you're looking to take on a couple more guys, what kind of experience do you look for? What's the process? Good question. When you when you talk to somebody. You're not gonna. You're gonna pay somebody some decent coin. What kind of uh, what kind of credentials mm -hmm. should they have coming in? Yeah, we're looking for somebody that has probably at least five years experience mm -hmm. um, in the in the shop. Um, you know, we're at a point now where some guys who may have you know relevant carpentry experience but not quite shop experience, mm -hmm. uh, they might fit the bill. You know, obviously depending on level. Um, and when we're going through this, we'll take them to the shop, talk to them about the tools. If they understand like how the tools operate and stuff, you know, you kind of get a feel when you're talking to people mm -hmm. where their skill levels at, um, obviously it's not the, the end all be all of where their levels at. Yep. Um, people can come in there and bullshit you all day. Right. Uh -huh. And then you get them in the shop and it's just not, not a good fit, unfortunately. But the actual hiring process is something that we are, you know, always trying to, um, you know, evolve and refine. There's no, like I ask, I have this conversation with a lot of people and there's no great process to really weeding those out, asking certain questions. And it's, you know, unfortunately you kind of have to get guys into the shop, see how they're, they actually work, but that comes with its own set of challenges. Do you bring them on as, you know, independent contractor where you're paying them on mm -hmm. a 1099? And if it doesn't work out in, you know, a couple of weeks, then, yeah. you know, hey, we part ways, sorry, it didn't work out. But what happens if they left their job to come work for you, right? And like mm -hmm. now you let them go and it's just like, it's tough. Yeah. And, you know, even if you didn't bring them on as an independent contractor, it's, it's not easy. Um, so while, yes, we're eager to hire more people, we are also looking for the right person. Um, that, was, that was my follow-up question because you get somebody in there yeah. who doesn't um, meld with your guys and the group. You know, right. a toxic personality can ruin stuff in a shop, you know? Yep. And it, it's tricky, and that's the kind of stuff, too, that you, you can't necessarily find during, you know, an hour or two interview. Mm -hmm. You know, you really have to get them in, see what their work's like. But this is, again, why the networking part, and I know you guys talk about this a lot um, in your show, too, especially uh, last episode, right? Networking is so important. And, you know, hey, maybe you're not happy over at this shop. Come over here. I've been following you for a while. I know your work. I know your attitude, you know, things like mm -hmm. that. So it's it's just been difficult. And, you know, I'd like to think that it was, uh, you know, because we have such a big following and, you know, people would flock to us. It's like, that's just not the case. It's tough everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I talk to guys all over the country and they're having the same issues when it comes to hiring people. So, mm. I mean... <laughs> it's good for everybody right now. So nobody's looking. And I think a lot of the people that we're looking to hire aren't necessarily doing the social media stuff that we're advertising on. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, not everybody, you know, does this kind of spends a couple hours on here. And even if they do, maybe they, they miss that post or, you know, it's tough, which is why we also offered a you know, referral bonus too, which, you know, Maybe your friend didn't see it, but if you got a friend who you think would be a good fit, send them our way, and you, if we hire them, you both get a couple bucks. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's still just, it's tough. 
Well, I think in your guys' situation, based on something that you just said, I think there's two things that are working against you guys. And the the first, going back to what you were talking about, is finding the right person, is that Mm -hmm. your guys' standards and attention to detail is uncanny. And I, and I do want to come back to that at some point during this episode because that's what impresses me the most. But because it's so uncanny, it's going to be hard to find somebody that necessarily matches. Sure, they can work their way into it, but that's also very intimidating for a lot of people looking at it. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. then yeah, they're I like, that's... oh, I would love to work there, but oh my God, like look at look at the how, I mean, uh, realistically, look how perfect everything looks. That can be intimidating to a lot of people. Sure. I, I think that I, that's I totally also, get that. Yeah, the, I think that's probably or could be um, what would entice the right talent. Like it's it's a like it, to me that looks like a challenge. Mm-hmm. And if if I'm a uh, an expert craftsman, that's not going to scare me because if I'm a good craftsman, I I know my craft. I know I have the confidence behind my skill. Um, sure. I think that's kind of the approach that I, I have with it. If I were looking for a job, I'm going to want the one that's challenging, right? I don't want to come into work and be bored every day. Mm. Uh, but again, that's just my perspective and my point of view. And to kind of Jason's point, a lot of people probably do look at it that way. Um, and kind of going back to what I said before, maybe they're looking at it like, you know, that's super intimidating. Maybe I won't last over there. So I don't want to burn the bridge that I currently have. Um, and yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. Now that kind of gives us some good feedback to go back to that drawing board with and figure out how can we kind of put that at ease, you know, for, for some of these people who may want to come in here. And right. then it's like, think about, you know, how this would look on a resume. Like, right. I, you know, if somebody had to move away, you know, but it's like, look who I just, you know, worked seven years with. Yeah. Right. You know, like that's and, and then when people do see that brand, they're like, oh, wow, this guy, you know, it, it's a um, I don't want to say prestigious, but it's 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 got a good branding known for quality and, and precision and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it's only going to make you look better, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you guys make charcuterie boards? I could use a job. <laughs> I'm yeah, looking man. for you, a really you can come and have good a job. I want a I want a river table for my dining room, and I only want to pay a hundred dollars for it. What can you guys do? Dude, yeah, done. We'll pocket screw the hell out of it. You got it. Yeah. Do you match prices of IKEA? Yeah, dude, we beat them. Oh man, I'm I'm yeah. all in. Can, yeah, I'm all in. How often do you guys yeah. get scoffed at for like price work? Or I bet you I, not that often. Before he answers, I bet it's not that often. Um. Yes and no. Uh, it, it, there's a good mix of both. Um, I think that you know Nick's done a pretty good job of you know curating the social media stuff where people understand the quality mm-hmm. and the amount of you know time and the materials that are going into these projects, where people just right off the bat know that it's expensive. Um, and I think that probably weeds a lot of people out. But that's not to say that those people don't uh, reach out. And you know we try to narrow this process down where if someone reaches out, whether it's Instagram or email or anything, we ask them a handful of questions right off the rip where it's like, hey, what's your budget? What's your timeline? You know, things like this before we even look at the project and give them anything else. Um, you know, timeline's a huge one. And like I said, we're, we're booked out into next year. Oh, wow, um, so not nice. everybody wants to wait that long. So, you know, that right there weeds out a lot of people. And then we'll have people that are like, oh, you know, I want, 
all this work done and my budget's five grand, you know, for a full kitchen. Like, it seems reasonable. No, I'm, it seems I'm reasonable. sorry we can't do that. Lowe's you know, is right down the road. Um, They've got prefab. You can buy from that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't even think you can get the plywood for no, that these days. No, um, definitely not. But, you know, uh, a lot of the people will just, I mean, and I'm sure you guys get this too, they'll just ghost you. If we do get to the point where we're like, oh, no, we're probably in the X range for this, silence, no response. And it's totally fine. Like, I'm not offended. I Yeah, they're not the right customer. I kind of. Yeah. Right. I kind of figured that was the case. Yep. Um, and you kind of get a feel for, you know, what client's going to be the right one when they're kind of walking through, you know, the early stages yeah. of a project, especially that first email. And if they tell you that they don't have a budget in mind, then they're probably not your client. Oh, yeah. I don't really know. Kind of, kind of, I don't really know kind of, because yeah. I have no idea how much something like that costs. That's not my question. How much right. are you willing to spend on this project? Yeah. I don't. I mean, right. I don't know. I don't know how much how much something well, like that would be. Go, okay. go to Pinterest when and you, get some pitches. <laughs> yeah. when, you, when you know, uh, give us a call. But, yeah, but that's also not an easy conversation no. to have. And, you know, not everybody's comfortable having that conversation. Yeah. So, you know... I get it. You know, it, hell, it took me a little bit to even warm up to the idea of like asking somebody right off the rip, "Hey, how much money do you want to spend on this?" It, yep. yep. Money's That's a sensitive topic, right? And not not a lot of people want to talk about it. It's it's difficult. And then everybody wants the best deal too, so they don't want to tell you that, "Oh, my budget's a hundred grand," when they only want to spend, or when you you could do that project for fifty, right? So it's like they don't mm -hmm. want to feel like they're getting ripped off, or they don't want to overpay for anything. Mm -hmm. um, and dude, Which, you know, I totally get it. Like, no, nobody does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, nobody wants to overpay for anything, but they do want sure. to get their their money's worth. Well, 100%. so that's and, that's a that's a common conversation that I've had with people. We may have talked about it on here when we somebody asked for like tips when trying to quote people or whatever. But you know, I for the longest time would not ask that question because the way I looked at it, it's like imagine going to a car dealership or going to get your car fixed or anything right where you're making a purchase and the very first question you get asked is what's your budget the immediate mindset in my mind was well if i tell you it's fifty thousand dollars then you're going to try to sell me something for fifty thousand dollars and when i finally got over that and started asking the question i don't know if i ever had anybody you know not answer it other than the example you gave which was you know well i don't really know what i want to spend on it because i don't know how much something like that would cost right so I actually had a very good experience with it, but what I would always do to kind of put their mind at ease is when they would say, hey, I want a dining room table built. Okay, cool, what's your budget? Oh, my budget, I don't really want to spend more than $3,000. Okay, great. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna come back to you with different options at different price points, but now I know what I have to work with. And you know, the most expensive option would be X brand or X type of wood, and then you can get it for a lot cheaper for this brand or this type of wood. And so by doing that, that was always the thing that really helped me is, I think they felt at ease then. And I would tell them that if they got weird about it, I'd say, you know, hey, here's the deal. I'm not asking you because I'm going to sell you a $3,000 table. I want to know how much I have to work with and I want to present you with different <clears throat> options. Um, I think. And I always found that, mm -hmm. found that beneficial. I think it's about saving time too. I think that's the lead in qualifying question is, or one of them is budget. Because you don't want to start, you know, asking all these questions and options. Uh, you know, do you want pull-out drawers? Do you want this? Do you want that? When I used to say, okay, what kind of, you'd have to 
and then all of a sudden you go, they go, well, I didn't think it would be that expensive. And I went, oh, no, I just wasted all my time. So I always look at right. I yep. used to lead in probably within three or four questions. I go, hey, uh, what are you looking to spend? Because all of a sudden when you start to yep. hear a little nitpicking, and I had a different market. I was in South Florida. You know, everybody's looking for a deal down there. But you'd find a, you, then, then the referrals would start happening. You get in the right neighborhoods, the right clientele. And after a while, it's like you knew these referrals from people you were going in and and you were going to get that buck you needed for sure it's kind of like i think when i see some of your posts and stuff i think you guys have been working it just about perfect so you have the right clientele and the right referral base now would that be a, yeah, an no, honest no, just, uh, assumption yeah and yeah i i think you kind of hit the nail on the head there too um, like I said, Nick, Nick's done a really good job of curating that feed yep. and all of our social really <clears throat> where people understand the market that we're after. I mean, you look around at some of these houses that we're in, I mean, they're multimillion dollar homes. Mm -hmm. Like the cabinetry that's going in there is going to be very expensive. Um, and I think the people who are like, Hey, I got two grand to spend on something probably know that we're probably out of their budget. Um, but you know, yeah, to touch on what you said about you know, narrowing it down to a few questions. That's exactly why, like right off the bat, we'll ask them, you know, a series of questions, usually just in one email. So we're not wasting all that time. Um, yeah. You know, the, my kind of approach to it is I'll ask them a few questions. If I get the kind of runaround with that, like not the runaround, but like the dodging on the pricing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't really know what I want to spend. haven't really thought about it. Uh, <clears throat> then, you know, we'll quickly be like, Hey, for, you know, a table like that, we're looking at, you know, seven to ten thousand dollars. If this is within your budget and what you're willing to spend, then we can continue the conversation. You know, X, Y, and Z. And that's where usually people won't respond if you're over their budget. Um, and like I said before, totally fine. I, I get it. You know, we're not for everybody, and not every project's for us. Um, and that's totally acceptable. There's going to be somebody out there that can build that table for that price. Um, you just got to do a little bit more digging to to find that person. Um, but yeah, I think, like I said, I think Nick's done a pretty good job of curating that, that audience where we're, we still get some of those, you know, tire kickers, but you know, they're few and far between. Yeah. Ben, did you have something? No. So, um, well, I thought you started to talk earlier. Maybe you were just, no, no. It, it, did you it get your brush answered. out? Huh? You got your brush out? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Well, I wanted to know because you, you kind of we started off basically with you with NS Builders, and you were with NS Builders five mm -hmm. years. Now you're doing Materia. You're working with Nick. Awesome. What did you do before that? How did you end up at NS Builders? How did you get into this? Um, all right. So I think for me, uh, my story probably starts similarly to a lot of other people that are in this industry. Um, I grew up with my dad being a carpenter, so. I was constantly going to work with him, you know, ever since I was a kid, uh, you know, I was seven years old going to framing job sites with him and picking up scraps and, you know, I would get paid like 25 bucks a day. But when you're seven mm -hmm. in the early nineties, 25 bucks yeah. is a lot of money. Um, That's a lot of baseball you know, so, cards. <laughs> yeah. You know, I would be doing that a lot. Um, so of course, as, as I got older, took on more responsibility, learned, you know, more tools, um, and, you know, got to do some really high end stuff with him, you know, when I was very young, 
when I got into, you know, like high school age, um, I didn't really want much to do with it. And, um, when it came time to go to college, uh, you know, I, you know, almost followed with you guys. I was very on the fence of what to do. So I was you know, looking at different branches of the military and I was going to jump into the army, um, very last minute and then made the decision to go to school instead where I ended up withdrawing from school, um, in my sophomore year. So I never even, never even finished, went to something totally unreal for something totally unrelated. Um, you know, through all my years, I never took a shop class, not once, not in high school, nowhere. Um, after I left school, I started, you know, working miscellaneous jobs, worked a lot with my dad doing, you know, various construction and woodworking projects. Um, but it was always just a fallback plan. I didn't want to do it. I fought it hard. And, you know, I think this too is probably, you know, pretty important for, you know, some, some younger listeners out there where for me at the time that I was growing up, it seemed that blue collar work was frowned upon. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you were never going to make any money. It was dirty. Everybody looked down upon you, you know, things like this. And it was probably for the, you know, I want you to do better. Go to college. You know, college was, you know, pushed quite a bit when I was, you know, at that age. Um, I think we're probably kind of turning the tides here, but that's a whole other subject. Um, so, you know, getting back to it, uh, construction was always a fallback for me. Um, moved out to Southern California, did construction out there. This was like 2000, late 2000. So when the economy, you know, crashed, I was doing construction in California. California was hit very hard uh, mm -hmm. at that time. Guy I was living with was a good friend of mine from, you know, back here. I'm originally from the East Coast. Uh, he was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to move back home. So I was like, all right, sure. So I followed along with him. Jumped back in doing construction with my father. Um, had a few other miscellaneous jobs working in nonprofits and things, like trying to find something more fulfilling. That was a big issue with why I didn't want to do construction or carpentry. It just it wasn't fulfilling for me. I felt like I needed to have something um, a bit more. So from there, I kind of ended up getting a job in a shop um, just as a fallback. Didn't plan to stay there for a long time. 12, 15 years later, something like that. Here I am. You know, I'm I, still uh, here, still in the same shop. Yeah, uh, different shop. So I've actually only worked in three or four different shops. You know, I was at each one for three to five years. Um, everyone had, you know, kind of taught me something different, right? Um, and it was the one I was at before NS Builders. I actually went through a pretty hard time there, where I really fought wanting to do this. I was really looking into other avenues, other careers, um, you know, wanted like a white collar job. You know, I was tired of doing this. I fought it so hard. And then eventually it just clicked for me. I was like, you know what? There are people in this industry that do care. I'm building really awesome stuff. You know, at, at that time, some of our clients were, you know, professional athletes. And it's like, I'm going to these people's homes, building them these really amazing pieces. Um, and I, I don't know what it was. I don't, you know, there wasn't any day in particular where it just clicked for me, but it just did. And I was like, this is it. This is, this is what I'm going to do. Um, and you know, that was probably seven or eight years ago. And, uh, actually probably longer than that. If I've been here, they were probably, how, looking how old are you? Eight, if nine you years asking? Uh, 36, 36. Okay. So he's our age. Yeah. yeah he's, he's our age. <laughs> 
Yeah. Ken, Ken did when, um, when you when you kind of had that epiphany, did did anything change in your in your work, meaning like like your output? Um, or or did you kind of have the same output throughout and it just it was just kind of like a like an internal click? Or did you see that kind of come out in what you were doing? Um, I think it was more of a mental um, change for me. You know, throughout when I was going through a hard time there, everybody's like, oh, but you're so good at this. You should, mm. you know, pursue this. You should keep doing it. You're very talented. And I'm just like, yeah, sure, but I don't care about it. Yeah. And, mm. you know, it was just, it was something that, that kind of clicked. And, you know, eventually it was like I became a much more positive person, I guess, mm. you know, better headspace, all of this. And it was just like this mental uh, clarity, I guess, oh. where it was like, you know what, this, this is it and this is good enough. And you know what? You can make a really good living oh, off of blue collar work. Yeah. Who cares what anybody oh, else yeah. says? Oh yeah. Right. And I'm preaching to the choir here and everybody who listening, who's listening to this knows too, but there's probably somebody out there who needed to hear yes. that. Yeah. And you know, if somebody had told me that when I was younger, that probably would have changed my whole, you know, perspective on this industry from, mm. you know, a different age. But you know, that, that wasn't the, the, the narrative that I was told at that age. I think, and I think I, today. I think everybody, or every time we speak, all four of us, everywhere, and you're in front of people, and you or you have that opportunity, you should let, and you see young people in there, you should say something about it's a great way to make a living. It is, it is a fantastic, gratif gratifying way to make a living, because I, I. I have said that a few times, and a few years have transpired, and I have people walk up to me in a crowd and say, dude, I remember talking to you, and I got into trades. I was blown away. And I was so impressed when I was hanging out in Boston once with a couple of guys. We were having some barbecue, and these people walked up and said, hey, man, I, I'm, uh, I'm in the trades because of you. And the guy looked at me and goes, what do you do? <laughs> you know, and it was pretty cool, and that was Norm Abram. And Norm love talk, loves talking to people because I, he's inspired so many people. But it, he still is so sincere when he talks to me because he's really – he loves bringing people into the trades. And um, I wanted to ask, Ken, you a question. Um, I know you worked in the cabinet industry, but – how the heck did you get involved with Nick Schiffer? How did you guys meet? What happened? <laughs> you know? Uh, the way that everybody else meets him. Um, Instagram or Facebook huh. or, you know, one of those. Yeah. Um, so when I met Nick, um, I actually wasn't in the market for a job. But I figured I would talk to him because it wouldn't hurt. Um so I had actually, I was planning on going off and so when I was at my last shop, planning on going off, starting my own company, um, you know, I was starting to make some moves to do that. Ended up meeting Nick, went to the office, chatted with him for a while. There was no cabinet shop there, but at that time you could definitely see there was a need for, you know, some cabinetry. Let's just put it that mm -hmm. way. Um, you know, the projects that they were doing, amazing projects, but from my perspective, the cabinetry could have been, could have used some help. Um, so when we first had the conversation, it was like, you know what, hey, love to grow the shop, but we just don't have a demand for cabinetry right now. You might have to do like field carpentry, 
like, okay, not a problem. We'll, we'll build the shop up. Um, that never happened, you know, in like a month, the month time that I had that conversation with him to when I actually started, I was end up working 60, 80 hours a week in the shop, never in the field yeah. uh, for installs, of course, but you know, there was never any, uh, you know, field carpentry like we had discussed the possibility thereof. So, and that's it. Here we are four five, six years later, something like that. That is so cool, man. Yeah. I'm glad you guys get together and it looks like you guys are continuing success together. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, man, for sure. So one thing I wanted, since we're on the topic of, of Nick and how you met him, what, going back to what you were saying, Sedge, about like it's so important for people to be involved in the trades. One of the things that I like about Nick so much, um, which he talks about incessantly on the Modern Craftsman podcast, is the need for him and all the guys. Um the need for like people to get involved in the trades. Like he, you can tell he is extremely passionate about people getting involved in the trades, but what, I mean, what is it like working with somebody like him? Um, and that, that's you know, before you answer, that's not like a setup. Cause yeah. I, I'm not trying to like, you know, how much they pay you? That's the this, this is a tree <laughs> no. of trust, Ken. Ken, this yeah, is a tree of trust. Yeah. Okay. With the branches, um, with the branches and the, yeah. and the tree. Um, no, it, it, he it's, just it's, his attention to detail um, to me is uncanny, and I just want to know what that's yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, like with anybody, there's there's ups and downs, or any company, anything, right? Um, but it is it's it is really awesome to like the energy is great. You know, we'll get on site and it, it'll just be brained up. What if we did all this crazy ideas? And at first, like, I'm a bit more of a realist, you know, and I'm like, oh, I don't know how we're going to fabricate that. And then it's like you slowly start to kind of figure it out. And you're just like, yeah, I'm on board with that. That's going to be sick. Um, <laughs> so it's this constant, you know, we actually had one of these just a couple days ago. One of my favorite things, uh, and it's not just with Nick, it's with anybody. When we're working out details on something, right? And you guys probably do this, too, where you're like, you know, stuck on a detail. You're like, I think it should be like this, but I'm not really sold on that way. And you guys sit in a room five, 10 minutes and you just brain dump and you're bouncing ideas off of each other. And just a few minutes later, you have this insane idea that just might work. Um, but you basically figured out how to fabricate all these wild ideas. Um, and you know, even today, that's one of those, those moments that just like really, I'm just like, yeah, this is, this is it. This is exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you build it and when that idea comes to uh, fruition, it's just really gratifying. You're like, wow, I remember yeah. when we were spitballing this, but then all of a sudden, bam, there yep. it is. And then the customer is ecstatic, and even better, they pay you. <laughs> yeah, you that, hope. that's one of the, like, the super cool things about this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, <laughs> I know you guys probably feel this way too. It's like, you get this pile of rough lumber or this pile of mm -hmm. plywood and you're like, what the heck am I going to do with this? And then a couple of days later, it's this beautiful piece. And you're just like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Hey, what's up, buddy? <laughs> Hi, Leo. S sorry. He, he need, he said he needed to come give me a hug. You want to <laughs> say hi to everybody? Yeah. Hi everybody. Hi. <laughs> hey buddy. buddy. Is that Brian? Yeah. It is Brian. It is Brian. It is Brian. What's he doing? We're, we're, we're talking. talking. <laughs> Wait, are they so slow to talk? Yeah, we're, we're just talking. Um, do you hear him? 
Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Daddy, Daddy has to get back to work, okay? Can you say bye, everybody? Bye, everybody. Oh <laughs> He's the new rock star. He grabbed that mic. <laughs> I think you guys found your fourth. Oh, my God. I know, right? He is unbelievable. He's getting so big so quick. Uh, Hi, Nicole. She can't. Oh, she can't. He's got pods in. <laughs> yeah. Okay, he's going to go put Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's got another one on the um, way too. But yeah, kind of nice. Yeah, um, oh wow! So he'll be uh, filling that labor shortage here oh, soon, single-handedly. Uh-huh. Huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. In eighteen years, y'all yeah, have two people to come work for you. <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that in my calendar right now. Yeah. <laughs> See what man? That, um, you know, in eighteen years, I think we'd be willing to move to Boston. You know? <laughs> Growing up in the nineties, you know, that's will be very cheap, I'm sure. That that's <laughs> what I, I kinda grew up hearing was, you know, you gotta go to school, you gotta get this, you gotta get that. And um I, I am glad to see that, that emphasis on the trades is starting to to come back. Um mm-hmm. I have a buddy that's a, a plumber, uh just local area, and he makes about two hundred thousand dollars a year. He has yeah. he has an ever growing list of clients. Um and he never went to college. He did two years as a, at a trade school, and that's it. And he's making more than a medical student makes fresh out of med school, you know. And he doesn't have debt, so yeah, exactly. We hear a lot of similar stories here too, um, and that's kind of something I wanted to mention as well. I think I kind of touched upon it when, when I said it was going to be a whole other story, but I think we're starting to enter this this new phase where you know when we were growing up everyone was pushing college. You know, you don't want to get into the blue college. You got to go to school. You got to go to school. And now all the people that went to school are having kids and their kids are not quite college age yet, but are are fast approaching. Um, And I think the narrative that they're going to tell their kids is something totally different because a lot of them got burned, you know, especially those who graduated Mm -hmm. in like Mm -hmm. the 2006 to 2010 range got burned in school. And now their kids are kind of coming up to that age where they're probably pushing them more into the trades, which phenomenal and it's probably cyclical because then they'll push their kids and go to school and whatever mm-hmm. but you know it, it's it's going to be really great for the trades in, in a few years um just a little mm-hmm. tough right now but we'll get through it yeah they're probably pushing their kids into the trades because they need work done on their house and they can't find anybody right <laughs> now yeah sure. well I, I think you know um to ben's point i think people are we're not the only ones that know these these guys who didn't go to school are making multiple six figures a year. And, you know, people talk, people hear this stuff. So they're like, Hey, why go to school and, you know, come graduate with tons of debt only to make $80,000 a year when you could skip school and learn a trade and make $200,000 within a few years. Um, and you know, in a couple of years, it's going to be really good for the industry. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I go to a, a a private school, and most of my professors are pretty liberal. The, the pay, our patrons pay for that, by the yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, they full full tuition paid for by patrons. Unbelievable. Yeah. Along nice. with Jason's jet and my Lamborghini. Yeah, and um, my Ferrari and my pick a pencil. Yeah. Said, what do you get? Uh, I got a deal. new I got a new pick a pencil every year. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, hey man, um, you made so out with the five bucks, Ken. I did. Yeah. Jeez. 
Wow. And, and I, I've gotten in trouble a couple times laughing at my professors um, when they, they get on that spiel about why college is so much more oh. important than anything else. And and I I just sit there and I'm asking, like, how much, how much school debt do you have for your master's program? <coughs> and they're like, what? Yeah. I'm like, no, how much debt do you have for your master's program? And, you know, some, some would answer, some wouldn't. You know, most yeah. of them are, are after six figures. And I'm like, are you still paying that off? And they're like, well, yeah. I'm like, well, guess what? Plumbers aren't <laughs> like, yeah. You know, it, you know, it just, you know what you should say to them? It's, it's, have you uh, considered starting a YouTube channel? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> have you ever heard of Patreon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, it's almost like a naivety um, that, the general public has about the trades you know they they see it as like this dirty um um like brutish kind of job or whatever like that and it's just like dude you show me a a single mother of five children that has a broken toilet and i guarantee she's going to pay to the moon to have that thing fixed you know right or or you know a a, a sorority house that doesn't have a water heater that works like they're going to pay to the nines yep. to get it fixed you know I'll yeah, go fix absolutely. That. And cold water at a sorority <laughs> but, house. Know, Hang on, hold that thought. Oh, God, shut up, sir. <laughs> okay, yeah. go ahead. Uh, yeah, sorry. Anyway, I think uh, I think there's two sides to that, though. You know, we're looking at it from our lens of being in the trades, but there are there is a need for white collar jobs. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that still has to happen. You know, we still need to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's things like that um but you know it, it's a little bit of of both sides yeah but you know i think right now we're in a phase where everybody was forced not forced but pushed to go to school mm-hmm. and yeah. the trades are now kind of suffering and it's it's pretty clear especially right now where the last couple of years have been great for the building industry and there's mm-hmm. a huge shortage um so you kind of have both things working against you in a way to uh to kind of create this perfect storm of um lack of help let's call it yeah it's definitely definitely a good time to be be in the trade just like you said so ken's ken something we haven't hit on yet which i would i would love for you to talk about um because we've talked about it on this uh podcast multiple times tell us how the whole hive notebook Mm. thing got started all right. Um, so years ago, I uh, I came across a stone paper company. They made various stone paper notebooks, things like that. Um, and for me, I used to always write. I had a little notebook, uh, much smaller than the hive that you just showed. The uh, I would write down my fractions to decimal conversions because I would transfer between the two, like always punching in calculators, things like this. Um, a lot of what we're doing is in millimeters. So, you know, trying to make those conversions from European hardware over to you know, frac, all this. So I would just make a cheat sheet basically for myself in the front of a small notebook. Um, you know, that one would either, I would get a new notebook and lose that one, or, you know, would get tired from just wear and, um, I'd have to make a new one and it sucks to have to write all that down every single time. And so I reached out to that stone paper company and I actually gave them the idea. Like, you guys should do this. And they're just like, yeah, we'll look into it. Like, okay, I know how that goes. You're probably not going to look at it at all. Totally right. fine. <laughs> um, so I just, I kept this idea for a couple of years. And then um, it just kind of hit me like, 
why don't you make them? Just make it. Yeah. We're so connected these days. You can definitely figure out the resources to do this. Um, so I spent basically a year developing this product and you know the layout and all of this stuff um, before launching. And then as soon as I launched, actually I didn't even officially launch. Word started getting out with you know I sent a few notebooks out to people to kind of test. Word started getting out, and within two weeks, completely sold out. Um, wow. And this was in, I think, October, and I couldn't get more until after the holidays. So it was just, you know, this wild trajectory from there. Um, and it's been it's been great. To be honest, I've neglected the company a lot over, you know, the past year since we've kind of been building up Materia. Hive's been on the back burner, but it's been maintaining without mm -hmm. me doing anything. Mm -hmm. um, but it's kind of to the point now where I need to, I need to feed it a little bit more. So I'm, I'm working mm -hmm. on a few new products, um, as well as a few other ways to start marketing it a little bit more aggressively. So it's funny cause I, I saw, uh, Keith Johnson, I saw him, mm -hmm. uh, post something about it in his stories or, or whatever. Keith and I are, are good friends and I asked him about it. I was like, Hey, what's the deal with that? Cause it reminds me of a notebook that. I used to have, I can't remember what the brand name was. It didn't have the stone paper in it, but it had like the band and it had a little envelope, you know, slot storage <laughs> slot in the back and all that. So I, I, I asked uh, Keith, matter of fact, I think it was right after he was on your guys' um, or uh, Nick's podcast when he oh, was yeah. on that and he was talking about it. Mm -hmm. And so I ordered him and I immediately told, <laughs> I immediately told these guys and a bunch of other people, these things are awesome. Like with the pages, with the, the stone paper and how it's a totally different writing experience on yeah. that paper versus a different kind of paper. But I just thought it was really, really cool. And, and I didn't know like how deep you guys have gone into that or if it was just kind of like a one-time thing or if this is like actually something that you've been maintaining. Um, yeah, you know, I, um, you know, there's no signs of slowing down or shutting it down, anything like that. It is an actual uh, business, it's its own company and like I said, I'm, I'm working on developing a few new products. I, I've tried developing a couple of other products over the past couple of or past year or two. Um, didn't really, you know, take those anywhere. But you know, we're looking to expand the the offering to um, you know different notebooks, different sizes. I would love to eventually get into the idea was different industries. So right now we're kind of focused on the niche, mm -hmm. more more so cabinet making industry, not not so much you know construction, um, but kind of focusing into other areas um any bartender right whatever you know video i talked to some video guys you know any kind of cheat sheet stuff that we can mm -hmm. put in the front and kind of cater to these different niche markets um so that stuff's a little bit further out for me i'd really rather focus on what i know in our niche and mm -hmm. take the feedback that i've gotten from a lot of you guys and make different sizes make you know different page types you know all sorts of stuff um and, you know, I've been asked, people have asked for different colors, different this. So that's where I've started to introduce uh, limited edition colors. So um, just trying to keep up, keep up with that, keep up with the materia and, you know, keep the momentum going with, uh, with Hive. But I'm really interested in doing a lot more with it this year. So uh, more good stuff to come on that one. Now, I, I know you offered at one point and I, I missed, I missed out on it. I think you and I had actually spoken about it, but you had offered if you wanted to order them like with your logo on them and, and stuff like that, you could order mm -hmm. them in like a bulk order. Um, any plans on doing that again? 
Yeah, so the way that the bulk, uh, the custom logos work right now, that's something that I'm looking to expand on oh, this cool. year to try to get them down to be a bit more um, end user friendly. Right now, it, it is a pretty big buy-in at 30 units. Uh, the units are discounted due to quantity, which you would mm-hmm. think with the um, with the custom logo would be a little bit more. It's actually a little bit cheaper. Yes, there are larger fees to go along with the logo. We have to pay for the dyes and all that to actually do the embossing. But even with that, I'm able to offer a larger discount just based on quantity um, to help ease that burden a little bit. So I am trying to find out another avenue where we can get down to a smaller minimum. But even with that, we're still having to buy that you know, embosser, which is probably 60 to $100 each, depending on the size of the logo. So if you only wanted one notebook, I mean, now you're buying a $100 notebook. Nobody's going to do that. Um, So trying to get the offering down a little bit, but then if you bought the second one, I already have that die. I don't need to go and buy it again. So now your second one's the same price. Um, So I'm I'm working on that. But right now, the way it works is my manufacturer has minimums. So I need to meet those minimums in order to put the order in. in. Um, I've gotten them. I've talked them down to the 30 units. They used to want 500 minimum for a... Wow. Uh, custom logo. Yeah. So I got them down to 30, which is still a lot, but it's a significant difference. I just have to put that order in the same time that I put a larger order in. So uh, when I'm buying thousands of units, I'm able to, you know, put the word out like, hey, you know, Jason, you want a couple of, um, you know, custom branded logos, notebooks? I'm putting an order in this date. Let me know yes or no. And right. you know how it goes. A lot of people say, yeah, I want them. And then when you actually reach out about pricing and quantities you're cutting the that down quite a bit so right we've that, done a number so, of them though and they they all look great yeah so ken how much of a discount would i get if i want to order some hives that said jason bent sucks what are we <laughs> what kind of discount codes are we Ooh. talking here oh for that one oh dude i might i might split that with you you know yeah. <laughs> wow Oh, I knew it was coming. Wow. And you know as what's funny? As, as soon as you guys started talking about it, I was like, wait a minute. I've got a ben, whole brand idea yeah. now. No joke. Like, hey, if you were to make, make that available man. to patrons, they'd sell out in a day. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. They would all buy it. Absolutely. The wow. Green Sears Podcast Edition. Yeah. That's good to know. I'm just going to have to, like, get some you to sign off on, like, copyright <laughs> things or something. Or... Oh, I, I own I own the rights to Jason Ben Sucks, so yeah. <laughs> it's all good. It's already registered. Send me the logo files. We'll split the profits. Yeah. <laughs> so do, do you handle the fulfillment, you know, the shipping and all of that? Or does the – Yeah, right now I'm handling everything. Wow. Um, Dude, it, it, is, yep. it is such a cool um, unwrapping experience when you get it, too. Like the envelope yeah, and, that comes in, like huh. like it's all like it's all very deliberate, very thought out. Um, yeah. Like I I just remember when I when I got mine, I was like, holy crap, this is like really cool. Yeah, yeah, uh, and you know that that's awesome to hear because that was a big reason why I wanted to do that. I wanted to make it an experience, right? You're buying a premium product. The notebooks aren't cheap, um, so I wanted to take those extra steps to make people, you know, really excited to get this and open it, and you know the the branding colors. It's, basically just black on black with a little bit of gold um okay. i really like that i think it really huh? that's my, that? my watch just... oh i was wondering oh. what that was <laughs> siri's talking to me siri thought um, that i was saying maybe something. i just had a stroke or something yeah. <laughs> blow up doll on his bed Teresa, shut up <laughs> oh look there's the kitty cat on uh, your bed anyway 
Ken, I think the Hive Notebooks, I, it's like the NS Builders version of Etsy experience. That's what it was for yeah. me. Mm. All those people nice. on Etsy that like go to all the trouble to like wrap their stuff and like, oh, this is amazing. Look I, at the twine on this cutting board and the yeah. little card. I was like, this right here, this is what it really should be. No, actually, <laughs> yeah. actually, I think my experience was the best one. Ken, well, you got the in person. I experience. did. I got a really, yeah. I got a really nice delivery in person by Ken himself. Well, why don't you just brag about it, Sedge? It's, yeah, just rub it in our faces. Hey, yeah, just rub it in our faces. Look, the, we're, hey, we're just these Jason, little peons. Jason, you can get you can get the same experience. You just got to fly me over there in the private yeah. jet. Put me up for a couple yeah. nights. Not a big yeah. deal at all. All for a twenty. Let use the Ferrari as a rental, yeah. free of charge, of course. <sighs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> Complimentary, complimentary, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You know what I really like so well, is you offer it, you mm -hmm. offer it in lined and grid. I just think that is the cat's mm -hmm. pajamas right there, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely Can need some nice. Ben's woodworking ones. How, how, how many, how many iterations do you think you went through from, and not not just developing the book itself, but like the overall final product? Like we're talking about how it's wrapped, how it's presented, how it's logo, like. How many iterations dozens. did you go through? Yeah. There, I mean, there's been dozens, dozens. I ordered, um, you know, dozens of samples and, you know, the samples aren't free. You have to pay for samples and you're getting yeah. them from the manufacturers. Mm -hmm. um, I ordered dozens and dozens to find a combination of, I like this, but I like that. I want this piece. I want that piece and kind of started putting stuff together. The first ones that I got, I actually put like a hundred and something pages in them. I mean, they were thick. They were probably like an inch and a quarter thick. Um, wow. I was like, all right, this is, this is a little too many pages. I need to scale it back a little bit. Wow. Um, and then not to mention, like I designed all the interiors, everything myself as well. Um, there's probably 40 or 50 different files of revisions on my computer right now that were from those pages. Plus, you know, the different, um, different sizes, different, um, sorry, different sizes, different, you know, styles, all sorts of stuff. So dozens and dozens. Uh, so funny story. I actually, when I first started wrapping them, I would practice trying them out, like wrapping styles on um, some of the samples that I got. So early on, one of them somehow got mixed up in the actual real hives to go out to ship to paying customers. Um, fortunately, it was a designer that we worked with at the time who she bought like five of them and she just happened to open, she was giving them out as gifts and she just happened to open that one and it was the wrong one. And she thought I was just playing a joke on her. Oh, I was like, oh no, I, Whoa. I wish I could say, but I didn't, but I'm very thankful it happened to you because yeah. otherwise it'd be way more embarrassing. Um, so wow. yeah, shipped her out a new one. All is right with the world, but yeah. geez, that was, uh, embarrassing guys i don't know if tonight's the right night to talk about it but i did want to tell you about an idea business idea that i had jason called... you can't sell shit in a bag and give it to people oh come on okay. well i had an idea it's called um it's probably a jive point. jive notebooks <laughs> jive jive hand jive hand script oh yeah <laughs> hmm. Tell me more about this idea wait let me get my let me get my high we're gonna have a to, conversion uh... chart yeah. in the middle of the book <laughs> Right. Ooh. Yeah. I'm going to have mine in the front and the back just in case somebody, you know, is dyslexic and starts from the end and goes away. So I, Are you going to have this, your writing this... go from, like, right to left, though? Yeah. In the back. Absolutely. Yeah, perfect. 
So I, oh, I had this question, Ken, whenever... <laughs> when, I, when I first got my, my hive in, so everyone knows the best pen to use is the Pilot GT07. Everyone knows that this is the best pen ever created. But... I know where I know where this is headed. But it doesn't... I mean, it still works with the hive. You just got to let it dry because it's a gel pen. So... Mm-hmm. What is the best pen that I need to be using? Um, or 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 standard ball, standard ballpoint. Yeah, so standard ballpoint. Um, my personal favorite. I I like to write with felt tipped uh, markers. So fine fine felt tipped uh, pencils work. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah. If you read the instructions or if you read the thing, it tells you not to use a gel pen on there. Yeah, I totally didn't my read guy. it. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that that's. That's the number one complaint that I get with them. You know, my gel pen smudges mm-hmm. or this pen smudges. And like, yeah. well, yeah, it's it's not like paper. It doesn't absorb the ink like yeah, paper yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. Um, so using a different type of pen. And, you know, some people, like you said, are, are married to having the, the Pilot G2 um, yeah. or whatever their favorite pen might be. But what's funny is I've tried dozens and dozens of pens on this. Even the cheap, you know, big ballpoints mm-hmm. that you get 100 for a dollar. Mm-hmm right so smooth on that thing it's yeah. it's the pages that that make it yeah. um but yes the gel pens don't do so hot mm-hmm. on there you know any of those really even some ballpoints that have you know you unusually wet inks mm-hmm. yeah don't yeah. do so well yeah. um but i well, I, I really like the felt tip yeah markers. they like those like it's, those pilot ones right those pilot fine tip i use um personally i use the microns oh cool the micron pigma yeah but um, I have a couple of the Sharpie pens, even the yeah. small felt tip Sharpies. Uh, Stabilo is another one that I use a couple of theirs on. Cool. Um, yeah. Well, I'm telling you right now, if you had, if there was a a Hive pen on the website, 100% would have gotten. Told it. you, man. There, there's a lot of products in the works. Yeah. So, uh, 100% sure. would have gotten. It. What a great because idea! I, I keep this, I, I keep this on my motorcycle. So that whenever I'm yeah. like stopping somewhere to eat or charge or whatever, whatever ideas I have, I'm writing it down in here. And because it's huh. waterproof, like I don't have to worry about it getting like ruined or anything like that. But yep. if there was like a yeah, nice little, I, um, nice little hive pen or pencil to go in there, 100% would yeah. get it. Well, we'll give, we'll give a little spoiler then to uh, to your audience. We last year I was looking to make a mechanical pencil. Um, that one kind of stopped a little short. I was having a difficult time finding a machinist that could make these for us in the quantities that we were looking for, for a reasonable price point. Um, that stuff would get super expensive, super oh, yeah. quick. So there are a couple of different pen manufacturers that I'm looking at um, making and Fisher Space Pen being one of them uh, kind of goes pretty well hand in hand with the whole hive uh, waterproof durability kind of factor. Um, I don't know if you guys know about the Fisher Space Pens, but they're zero gravity pens. They're pressure pressurized cartridges, so you can write upside down, you can write underwater, all of this stuff with them. Super cool. Actually, another maker friend of mine turned me on to them. So I, um, I've been looking into those, chatting with those guys to try to get something going. So hopefully this year we get some, some Hive pens. Wow. I'll definitely prototype it. Test it out. My- my jive pens are coming out. out in two months. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> hey, I got, I got a, okay. I got a quick question. When it comes to a mechanical pencil, sure. 
What what size? Point yeah. five, point seven, point nine that you like? I'm a I'm a point seven. I'm a point nine. I think the point nine's a little point nine's a little too fat yeah. for me. Point five, I like the thin lead, but they break too easily. No too kidding, little. Yeah. I hate point fives. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I always ask. I think it's a cool thing. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I've got a really critical question, and it is, it is such a sensitive topic here on the Green Series podcast. Ken, Uh-oh. if you were made president of the entire world, and you had to choose which system the world was going to operate on, I would know you what pick, his answer is going to be. Would you pick imperial or metric? Choose wisely. <sighs> Choose wow, myself. this this one is this is a tough debate, huh? Um, I, both have their pros and cons, and I know the imperial system better, but I think metric probably makes more sense. Oh, wise choice! I knew we liked you. Wise choice, my friend. Make metric great again. Metric. I wouldn't say we're metric <laughs> purists, but we definitely love metric. I actually, good, good. I do. I, you know, do I have thought you guys th- might have been a little divided here. I was wondering where the card would no, no. fall. No, no, we're no, hundred percent metric. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um. Oh, I use. I still use both, but I'm more on the metric side. Oh, I agree with with Ken. They both do have their place. Um. So you're a switch hitter. Yeah. <laughs> you you it know it. The hive, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just saying, if you did some patent research you probably would have seen that jive notebooks was already out there i think you're the one you're the copier um you're right you got me it was all just a scam to to get me to this point right now and uh jason he he did a short stint in the um processed meat industry too he called it the the jive ass turkey that was the the product line yeah there's a jive notebook jive ass turkey yeah so this is something that i did want to ask what is it why cabinetry? What is it about cabinetry that you like so much? What is it about cabinetry that draws you into it? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, and it, it's not so easily answered. I think it's it comes down to the details that are required on something like that. That's not to say, you know, the details aren't there for, you know, other things. Um, or other aspects of woodworking or, you know, carpentry in general. Um, but I just, you know, the finesse that needs to go into this, the precision that needs to happen in this, it's, it's very challenging. Some people might look at them like they're just cabinets, but you know, it is quite challenging. And I like that challenge. I like trying to fit these pieces together. Like how, how do I build that? How do I fabricate this? And I guess these sound like generic answers because they could be, you know, put into any type of carpentry. Um, but for me, I think that's that's what it comes down to, the details and, you know, standing back at the end of the day, it's like, damn, I built that. Like, this is impressive. Um, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Have you, Has there ever been one of those times where, like, because I've heard Nick talk about it on the podcast stuff where they'll be, like, looking at something and this is wrong and you know, we're going to rip it all out and we're going to make it right. Like how often does that happen with you going in there and like looking at what's been installed? Uh, most, at least a lot of the cabinetry stuff has been kind of a unanimous decision between Nick and I will, if something's not right, like there's one 
that we talk about a lot because it was an entire kitchen. We, I don't want to say we made the mistake, but we, we ended up subbing a kitchen out. We just didn't, couldn't take it mm. off. Um, subbed the project out and it backfired. Um, client complained about a couple things. We got on site to see what we could do to fix it. And it was before the job was even done. The client had mentioned it like the day after install or the day it was installed, which we didn't even install it. Um, so we got on site and looked at it and right away we both kind of like looked at each other like, no, we, this is unacceptable. It has to go. Um, and you know, I think most of the time I'm catching it in the shop before it goes out because I'm actively in the shop every day. It's like, nope, guys, this didn't meet the mark. We need to do it again. Rebuild this cabinet, rebuild that door, whatever it might be. So I think I'm catching it a little bit sooner, right? Um, than you guys often hear about with ripping something out of the entire space once it's already installed. So that, that doesn't happen few and far, uh, th that happens few and far between with cabinetry that we're actually producing. So, um, you do get it a little bit more in the shop before it ever gets to that point. Right. What's your preference? Euro or four frame cabinets? Um, again, the pros and cons of each. Um, okay. So, so, so what, so what so, are the pros and cons? Because that's, that's been a, like one of our biggest discussed topics. Um, on one of our episodes that, that people just like loved hearing about. So sure. Uh, but to answer the first question, I'm going, you know, more traditional inset from a fabrication standpoint, again, going back to the reasons why I like the cabinetry, it's so much more challenging. Um, and I think it's more rewarding to stand back and look at that type of cabinetry, uh, after you're fabricating it. But you know, the pros and cons, like, you know, for instance, if we're doing like a flat panel, Euro full overlay, um, it's faster and cheaper, you know, the super modern look, I actually really do like that as well. Um, so it really depends on the look that you're trying to achieve the traditional, you know, face frame inset shaker doors, mm -hmm. all of that, obviously much more traditional look. Um, I think it's a bit fancier looking, Yeah, that, but there that's are what I was people about to say that, is that it, that it yields to more ornateness than, uh, right. uh, a frameless overlay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I personally would prefer to, you know, fabricate something of that more traditional style, more challenging. It's just more innate. It's more appeasing at the end of the day, but it really depends on the product, the space. I mean, the homes are going to kind of tell you what they want cabinetry. You're not going to, I mean, people are now kind of breaking those barriers, but you're not going to go into like a super traditional home and put a modern kitchen in there. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, vice versa. But, um, you know, I think some of the other, you know, pros and cons are with these materials come, you know, budget constraints. Mm -hmm. If somebody wants, you know, the more traditional look, but has a limited budget, they're probably not going to be able to, to swing that. Um, and a lot of people, and you know, we do it too. There are ways where you can kind of give them that more traditional look without going for full inset cabinetry, which is incredibly time consuming and therefore incredibly expensive. Um, you know, the, I don't want to say they're they're cutting corners, but there's things like you're not going with full face frames. Maybe you're just doing some kind of filler as a divider between there. You're instead of having a you know a style going across your you know a rail going across all your face frames in between every drawer, 
you have one frame kind of around it and all your drawers in between. If any of this is even making sense to you guys. No, no, um, 100% So there is. are ways, I, <laughs> I think there are ways to kind of get the best of both worlds. Um, and then something that's super popular is, you know, what we call in our shop is more transitional where you have full overlay, but there's still, you know, the shaker style yes. with maybe um, a less ornate crown molding, you know, things like this where you're kind of marrying both yeah. um, styles. And that's, that's something that's been super popular. And I think it's probably because you're, you're getting more of that traditional look with a little bit more affordability. Yeah. Yeah. Good answer. Yeah. Very. And I, you know, I, as I was asking the question, I, I just kind of thought of how full frame inset does give you the opportunity to be more ornate with it. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, all of us kind of prefer Euro style. Um, and, and maybe my preference is that because it is easier to make, it is quicker to make. Um, it, I think that it's a little bit more forgiving because of the reveals that you have and stuff like that. And I think it's yeah. a really good perspective think, and kind of makes me, makes me rethink how I want to do upcoming projects. And stuff. It also depends on your market, but because you can't find a face yeah. frame shop in South Florida, it's all, it's all frameless. So yeah. it's, so it sounds like we're moving, uh, materia South Florida division. I'm telling you, man, it's, <laughs> it's really weird. Cause I came from Maine. It's all face frame, you know, and yeah. you know, Midwest is all face frame. And it, it was tough because when you, when I came up here, I, they, I told them I built frameless cabinets. They go, Oh, you do industrial. Well, if you look like the cabinets that they have in these, you know, big warehouses, kitchens, it's uh, yeah, of course, but that's not what it is. You know, when you can, sure. you, when you can, when you can make a really nice door, add the crown to it, it looks full overlay. It looks really nice. And in Florida, yeah. in Florida, people just look at the doors and drawer fronts, you know? So, so do you think the difference between the cabinetry in Florida and the cabinetry in Maine that you were seeing is, um, a financial reason or, you know, maybe the, the style of the homes, uh, you know, in Maine, you have a lot more older exactly. homes yeah. where in Florida stuff's a bit more modern, yep. Yep. Um, a mix of the two, or you just think that's the, the style that's of the, people down in South that's Florida. That's the style of South Florida. Um, and it's a mix. It's a yeah. melting pot. People from South America, from Europe. And it's a, and I find that in the bigger metropolitan areas, you'll see more yep. frameless. That, yeah. That, that's what I was about mm-hmm. to say is, um, I, I was stationed uh, all across the U.S. I was in Seattle. I was here in Virginia, South Carolina. I grew up in Louisiana, and 100% the styling of the the area that you're in dictates mm-hmm. what it is. And just like Sedge said, like when you're on the West Coast, uh, you know, Northwest, everything is is uh, overlay. Everything. There's no traditional whatsoever. Everything's sleek, modern, clean lines, flat surfaces. You go to Louisiana where you've got like an uh, an Acadian wraparound porch, you know, everything inside is super traditional, mm-hmm. everything. And the same mm-hmm. thing for here in Virginia. Um, everything is super traditional. There's there's no modern touches whatsoever. And it, I, I 100% right. agree that it is about the, the styles of the homes that are in the mm-hmm. area. Like my, yep. my girlfriend lives in Richmond. It's a really big city. Everything in her condominium is modern. Everything, mm-hmm. you know. You go 20, 20 miles to the west, where your parents are. They're out in the country. Everything's full frame. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And you know, 
kind of digging into that more, the, the question that you had asked, um, right now, my personal kitchen, I built it a few years ago. It's on that transitional style. It's shaker mm -hmm. doors, but full overlay with some crown molding. Um, <clears throat> but I live in a house that was built in the late 1800s. It's an old Victorian home. I'm not going to put a super modern kitchen in there. Nope. Can you make it yeah. fit? Yeah, sure. You could. Mm -hmm. um, with, I, I, it's not so cut and dry. Mm -hmm. I mean, you need a little bit more of the aesthetic there, sure. And people are doing it, and it looks great. But I think at the end of the day, if I were you know, building I had the opportunity to build whatever home I wanted, it would be super modern, mm. super modern house. Um, everything full overlay, flat panel, I'm sure, would be yep. the aesthetic there. Yep. Would you still want? But again, you still that's like, the house. Would, would you like uh, um, yeah. a color like lacquer finish, or would you go like wood grain and that super modern? Probably a uh, color. Yeah. Yeah, something neutral. You know, blacks, grays, whites, things, yeah. things like that. Um, and then probably accessorize with color. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. My wife's all on the natural looking white oak kick mm. maybe even like a two-tone um, painted base cabinets light uppers mm -hmm. is that what you're gonna put in the new house or what hey i know a guy who does cabinetry if you need uh <laughs> cabinets for the new house hey if you're willing to if you're willing to come down to indiana i'd be happy to do it ken when, when might you be some good that uh, private jet, no problem youtube collaboration i'll get you a pick a, a pencil Dude, I'm in. See, I'm in. you gotta know. You gotta know how to entice. <laughs> I'm, I'm just waiting for that for that that traditional mid '90s golden oak to come back. You know oh. what I'm saying? That everybody well, had. I think you're alone. I think you're alone with that one. I just you installed. Pa God, I just installed uh, paneling in my basement. <laughs> it's so hideous. <laughs> God, it's terrible. Oh, boy. You know what other That's... one gets me too is the uh, the white laminate with the. That oak kind of oh, integrated pole, oh. you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Also from like 70s oh. or 80s, it's, oh, God, it's, it's real. I hate that. Absolutely terrible. Wow, this is making me feel really Jason's bad. That's exactly kitchen. what I was going to do in my house. Yeah, you're done. So I'm an old, I'm an old soul, guys. Old soul. This, this, this is starting to sound like half a million dollar kitchen that we're going to be building. Yeah, you know? man, a hundred percent. Well, it's yeah. funny because we cool, were gonna. Cool. I was talking to Sedge already. We were. If we were going to stay in this house, we were going to do the uh, redo this kitchen. And now I'm like, oh, thank God I don't have to do it. But now I got to do it in the next mm -hmm. house. <laughs> but it'll be all right. It's easy, man. Be so some this good never ends. Good YouTube videos. So we're we're, we're on a, a a close enough topic for one of our patrons submitted a question for you, Ken. And just sure. get ready for for all of us to kind of roll our eyes at who wrote this. I think you guys. Oh, I'm Patrick. Oh my God. Patrick, oh. Patrick from Leather by Dragonfly wrote in. Unfortunately, um, so his question was kind of around again casings and, and baseboards and stuff like that. And so he, he says builder grade seems to be too thin. Again, going back to baseboards and door casings and stuff. Uh, what size would you recommend if you had to upgrade? He said that he went from three inch baseboards to five and a quarter, and he said the difference to them just feels more regal. Um, it's, it's spatial. I think it depends on the size of this, you know, your ceiling heights are going to dictate a lot of this stuff. Um, I, I do agree. I think, you know, the three inches is a little bit short for probably most spaces. Um, it feels a little bit too like apartment complex yep. mm -hmm. style to me. Um, but I, 
I like moldings, uh, especially in you know the house that I'm in. It's older Victorian home, so yes, it's molding heavy. Um, I, I don't think there's one final answer, but anything over the three inch, I think he's probably yeah. pretty good with. Um, yeah. The taller the ceilings and things like that, I think the higher you go with your base. And, and just to be clear, I'm pretty sure Patrick asked that question because he was just trying to sharpshoot you to see if you really knew what you were talking about because that's all that he does to us. Oh, that's that's Patrick. Uh, well, Patrick that's, is that's a Marine. Fine. What was a Marine? If, no, is a no, Marine. I'm a former Marine. I'm always a Marine. Once a Marine, always a Marine. I don't do a ton of base, so uh, yeah. I guess that's not really my, my forte. Mm. You know? Yeah, Patrick, that's peasant. Patrick. Work. Yeah, Patrick. Patrick is all about the base. Finnish carpenters. Yeah. <laughs> That's 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 like that's what I have my my water boy do for me. He does all my baseboards. Oh, my water boy. <laughs> yeah. Is that like the no, same I as I thought a, you were going with it, that, but is it like the same as a chai boy or is it Yeah, kinda kinda the same. I'm trying to be politically correct here, Ben. <laughs> oh my god. We're gonna get kicked <laughs> off an Apple podcast. Nah, we'll be all right. right. They love they love controversy. Nice. So Ben, what do you what do you think? Hey. Good I think, I think we. Uh, I know I asked right. him right. the majority of the questions that I wanted to ask him. I, I felt like every time you were started talking, I'm like, "Ooh, I wanted to ask him this. I wanted to ask him this." But I, I think we covered a lot of really good mm-hmm. stuff. Oh, 100 percent. Um. Oh, I, 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 I guess before we get, I got one more question. Yes. Said. Ken. Do you like wings? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know why did I know this was gonna? Why did I know it was gonna come up? Yes, I love wings. Who doesn't love okay, wings? Okay, uh, what's a good place in your area for wings? Oh, I don't know. Oh, man, um, there's a place up the road actually called Two Two Four. Okay, small little mom and pop oh, two, restaurant. Two Two Four. Yeah. Okay, Two Two Four. Gotcha. Thanks. Said you said you like wings. Said you like wingies. <laughs> Enjoy. Said do you know any good places in Providence near the? Expo? Oh, um, no, well, the best place I always go because I I just live there when I'm there uh, is a Union Brew Pub. They have the best calamari ever, fried calamari. Oh, you told me that. Yeah. yeah. So I go there. Is that close? I go there for an appetizer, have a beer, then I go and do whatever, and then I meet people for dinner and have a couple more calamaris and a couple more beers. <laughs> it's freaking awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. Is I that- love Providence. I'm staying at a new hotel this year. It's called Hotel Providence. It's older, so something different. Yeah. Um, you you the kind of guy that goes into hotels and just tears apart all the molding and the cabinetry and and all that. <coughs> yes. <laughs> so in in Las Vegas, there's a hotel we used to put people when we had a training center out there. We put people up at called Sunset Station. Uh, Fifteen years ago, on my first day, I walked into that room and looked up you know they get that in that they get that big foam crown molding in those rooms mm-hmm. every room the crown is hung upside down oh my god nice and every time i stayed there, i must have stayed there 30 times i just it killed me yeah i'm surprised you didn't flip it around in the middle of the night you know made your room nice and neat. i said something at the front desk they just laughed at yeah. me yeah the next year he brings his cordless nailer and he's like just rips him down. Pissed me right off. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things though uh, is when people you know reach out and they're like, "Ken, you've ruined cabinetry for me." 
I can't go and stay at my friend's house or a hotel without criticizing their cabinet. You know, this isn't grain match. That's not grain match. This isn't miter wrapped. And I'm like, love it. It's so funny. It is. It's funny as heck, man, because you do notice that stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's yeah. that's what I was talking about. Like the the attention to detail and the stuff that you guys do is just un. Like my brain doesn't even work like that. Those are details that I would never even think of to do like even when you guys do like that those little like eighth inch or quarter inch you know spacings to give that mm -hmm. perfect line all the way around all, like those things i'm just like how would you even think of that that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> you know what i mean but this is this is the kind of like i guess that's just how my brain works like when i when i see these projects i'm like okay this has to be done that mm -hmm. way to look the best you know and not everybody notices that and that's fine it's not their job to notice it at the end of the day, I want somebody to notice that this piece looks better than that piece. I can't tell you why, but I know that one's better. Well, it, it comes down to this. That customer doesn't notice the details, but they do because their eye does not lie. They're looking at something that you've created, right. like all the grain match or, or your waterfall, your drawer boxes, right? They don't know, but their eye says, that is freaking beautiful, but they don't know why, right? Right. And then all of a sudden you go, well, yep. we did a continuous uh, grain and they go, oh, that's what I like about it. Or I book matched or I did that. Right. The eye doesn't lie. That attention to detail and that, that customer loves. Yeah, mm -hmm. they, they know. And that's where that's where people, um, you know, that's where we're kind of showing these people. And mm -hmm. that's where I get the replies back where they're like, you know, you've ruined cabinetry for me. <laughs> I, I can't go into my parents' house without <laughs> – you know, criticizing their kitchen that they just had redone and spent a hundred thousand dollars on. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it's like, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, makes it worthwhile at the end of the day for me. Um, you know, going above and beyond with all this, like, yeah, sure. We could just slap on any old panel there, mm -hmm. but that's not something I'm going to be proud of at the end of the day. Something that I'm not going to be, you know, that I want to stand behind and want to, you know, post on social media. Like Nick, uh, you know, kind of has this thing for a while there where if you were doing something and you're kind of like, eh, and it was like, okay, if I put a picture of that on social media right now, how would you feel? Would you be proud to show 100,000 people this? Or would you kind of squirm a little bit? And if like the answer is squirm, then fix it. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, not everybody has the luxury to you know, go back and buy new materials or buy this or fix that. Um, you know, I understand that. But not everybody also likes to you know, do things that way and, and get that challenge. You know, for me, we just looked at a project where um, it was – two floors, first floor millwork, top floor millwork. And we actually, I priced out the whole job. We didn't get the second floor. So again, this is kind of new territory for us with um, materials, a project that NS Builders wouldn't have taken on. And as we're walking through the space, they're talking about how this particular unit is walnut. It's going to be horizontal grain and this, that, and the next. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not just going to be that. We're going to, it was something like 13 feet long, if you were to measure everything out linearly, but there was a lot of jogs in the walls that ended up folding into two pocket doors. Um, oh. and the idea was oh, like, as I'm going through this space, I'm like, this is going to be incredible. We'll wrap this grain all the way around. I'm pulling measurements, making sure that we can, uh, that, that we can actually do this. Um, so I'm pulling these measurements. I'm like, yeah, we have just enough. We can get this so that the doors right where they fold mm -hmm. book match back and <sighs> both sides match. Sweet. Um, and, you know, that's the stuff that, like, gets me excited. We're on site. We're spitballing these ideas. I'm like, this is incredible. Um, and then we didn't get that part of the job. Oh, and oh. I know the person that the person that's going to do it is just going to throw any old stuff up there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. All right. 
So, you know, we'll make our, our meal work on the first floor really shine so that they're like, shoot, we should have went with that one. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, yeah, can't win them all. You know what's really cool, though? But, you know, that's, those are the little details you get excited about. You know what's, real, what's, you know what's really cool is when you do those details and somebody really points them out. It feels really good. Mm-hmm. You could have 50 people sit at your bar top and go, boy, this is really nice. And then your nephew shows up and goes, Uncle Brian, that is the perfect grain match. And I go, finally. <laughs> but it, it felt good that he noticed that because he's an incredible cabinet builder in North Carolina. You know, it, nice. it's just good. It's good to to get that recognition like you're getting when you're you're matching mm-hmm. everything and doing grain wraps. It's a good feeling, isn't it? Yeah, we even had a client that, you know, we did their whole kitchen, um, all this bookmatched veneer, every panel was the same throughout, like island, refrigerator, oh. everything. Um, and he didn't really care, to be honest, that's fine. Um, but his father, who is in like lumber sales years and years <laughs> ago, came over and like mind was blown. Yeah. He started pointing this out and then it got the kid excited. And, you know, it's just like, you never know who's gonna walk into that house and yeah, see that space and right. like, you know, be mind blown about it. Yeah. So, um, it's cool to hear those stories and to get that feedback as well. Yeah, which just which just goes to highlight the importance of always taking, uh, putting the pride into the into the work that you're oh, doing yeah. because you you literally right. never know who's going to be oh, yeah. looking at it or watching it or how that's going to lead to to something else down the line. You mm. know, um, yeah. I mean and, that, that that's just that's something that excellent. No good. No, that, that's an excellent point. You know, people often reach out to me and kind of like ask, you know, how did you get started in this? How did you, blah, blah, how do you get paid for that? Um, you know, I always tell them like the clientele that you're after that will pay to have this extra work done is out there. Maybe you don't have them right now, but when you do get these products yeah. or projects, you do need to put your best foot forward. And you, mm-hmm. you know, if you're early on, you're probably going to need to eat some of this time and labor yeah. to put out the yeah. product that you want to put out to get the jobs that you want later on down the road in order to get them to pay you to do that. So, you know, you got to put a little bit of effort in on that front end to get that on the mm-hmm. back, you know? Um, yeah. And that's just something I, I like to tell people too, is put that effort in, you know, maybe you're not getting paid for it on this one and that's okay. The next one you will, cause now you'll have that portfolio to show them, yeah. This is what I'm talking exactly. about when I say green match, you know. Yep. Very well said. All I can all I can think about now is somebody being like, "Mom, Ken would have never let this happen in your kitchen." <laughs> I've this, probably gotten scribe, messages about that too. This scribe filler strip is horseshit. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Forget it. Nail it. <laughs> Nana, no, we, we Nana, come seeing, here. Uh, Nana. Look at this. Do you think Ken would have done this, Nana? No, he wouldn't have. <laughs> he didn't even grain match this shit. Stop being, stop being so cheap, Nana. He didn't grain match the lamb. It was built before I was even born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's a. Uh, I think we need to introduce the the other member of the podcast. Yes, here he comes, the fifth member. I think it's. I it's, think it's time. time. Guys, I was just <laughs> I just overheard your conversations with Ken and it just it made me think about how superior German engineering is to pretty much anything that Americans do. And this is why you guys love Festool so much, because we take the time, we bookmatch all of our aluminum panels for all of our tools. Um, 
And I even heard Ken say that the millimeter is better than the inch. And I couldn't agree more. I, I firmly believe that the metric system is infinitely better than the imperial system. Book match aluminum. But all of that aside, guys, we all know why I'm here. I, I have brought no bratwurst. I, I have brought nothing else other than internet hatreds. Jason, you're always, you're always spearheading the hatred for us. What do you have yes. for us tonight on, the, on this segment of Get Vent? Well, Hans, it's great to see yes. you. Yes. Yes. Hello. Thank, thank you for joining mm. us and uh, making Ken wish that he never came on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so I don't because of because of time I only have one tonight but it's a but it's Ooh. a good one and I think we could actually we could actually talk about it do any of you guys have a I do I have any one of the wow hatreds I do mine's right. really short okay I'm gonna read mine this was on my can your assembly table do this the ultimate assembly table setup right another popular uh video for hatred hatreds 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 yeah i love this one all right it says i watched a video of yours the other day about drawer slides i was pretty impressed so i thought i would look at a couple of projects that you've done i had a hard time finding much i then realized pretty much all you do is commercials for your tool suppliers not impressed Unsubscribed. <laughs> I saw that one. The, I think I was looking at it today. I saw that. I was like, oh, that's a good one. Like <laughs> this freaking guy. Like, okay. First of all, I love how he started off with a compliment. Those are my favorite hateful yeah. comments when we they start off a, something we, nice. We call that a criticism sandwich. You got yeah. two positive pieces of bread, and then you got the shitty meat in the middle. Yeah. I bet you he fixes water heaters at sorority houses. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky guy. Yeah. Fraternity um, houses. That's where I'd Ooh. Mm. No, but Are I just love like some cold water. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> what if what if my channel was only about what if my channel was only about tools? There right? are channels that one hundred percent only do that. Yeah. Does it mean that my channel's not helpful? I like instructional videos and tool videos. I don't like doing build videos. You know why? Because I have to film the entire thing. Then I have to edit the entire thing. Then I got to do a voiceover for the entire thing. And at the end of the day, they're the worst views that I get. So why invest all that time? But I just love how he was like, I saw your video. It was really helpful. I was really impressed. Thank you. Then I wanted but, to see if you do yeah, any I'm extra work. I'm just going to shit all like, over you. Yeah, go F yourself, yeah. pal. You get two subscribers, <laughs> you in your hand. Not impressed, unsubscribed. So that means he was subscribed to me. Where's mom? I guess. Yeah. I just don't get it. Whatever. I love the hate. I love the hateful comments now. This is like the highlight of my week every week. It's the most entertaining part of the podcast. So this one was on uh, my video, Six Ways of Whole Plywood and All You Own is a Car. <laughs> get to the point already. <laughs> That was it. That was it. <laughs> you did in the thumbnail. I've actually gotten quite a few uh, comments that I could read on the new uh, track saw video. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But they're all just—they're just dumb. They're all the things exactly what I would have expected yeah, them to be. It costs too much. I don't like. Oh, I, that was. One. I don't like the color. You know. No. 
No, that was one of the, the ones aluminum I got. wasn't book math. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is this is like elementary, guys. Come on. I mean, everyone it's knows up. that you should match your aluminum panels. It's... it's actually wait, Jason. Why don't you tell me all of those so when I go to make mine, uh, <laughs> I don't have to deal with any of that. You know, I can address it beforehand. Yeah, head on. Well, of course, everybody's always like, oh, thinner curve blades. Talk about deflection. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, 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 sure. Uh, uh, no, that was the biggest thing about that new blade that we were no. really concerned about. Cut a 45 they, on cut a 45 oh, yeah. on an inch, a little over an inch, and you... But it, Sedge... It does not deflect. It doesn't, but it doesn't matter. Those people don't have the saw, and they just want to hate on Ben's woodworking and everybody else. They, this person, they have contempt this person, for content. Yeah, <laughs> you talked about the price. Say it, Hans. This this <laughs> this like person contempt into content. <laughs> this person commented. I don't. My I don't think this part. was like a. I don't think this was a negative comment, but they said, "Plus a mortgage to buy one." Same great feature. LOL. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good one. <laughs> oh man, I love I love people being so angry. I'm telling you, man, it's I, I'm starting to notice more and more that um, other other content creators are starting to get on that train as well, where they um they just highlight like all the negative comments and people just laugh at it. So. Yeah, well, that, that's how you—that's how you just turn it into something fun. Mm -hmm. I yeah, actually you, like you just—I just shrug at it, you know. You just kind of laugh. Yeah, it's the best way to deal with it. The best way to process it. <laughs> one one person was talking about they love all the new and improved stuff, but they just wish that there was a decent adhesive for the plastic guard on the rail. <laughs> it's like no matter what you do, no matter what you do. Somebody is. I not really happy. wish somebody would just change the 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 color of the aluminum on it. I just yeah. I don't like it. You know, it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't they have a pink rail? You know. Oh, I love it. The video's not doing. It's not doing terrible. It started off pretty bad, but it's. Uh, oh, speaking of that, I'm doing the A/B testing. Oh, on how on the on thumbnail hey. on TubeBuddy. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Are you using TubeBuddy? Yeah, that I he did. just paid five hundred dollars for accidentally. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when when you sign up, you can do it by month. Yeah. But it automatically defaults to the year. Oh, how and nice. I was up here like I was working on like ten different things at the same time. I'm like, oh yeah, two buddy. And I go on there and I log I log yeah. in, I sign up for everything, and I was like, <laughs> check out. And right as I hit the checkout button, I looked down in the bottom and had the the check mark clicked for for the full year. And then I got a notification: you just paid four hundred eighty five dollars to two buddy. And I was like, oh god. <laughs> Yeah, but you'll make that up. Yeah, but what they've been doing is every 24 hours, they switch it. Oh. So every day, the, the thumbnail switches. Yep. And today, I should actually be able to log in today and like see the, the data see so if, far from the... See if one was better than the other. That's cool. Hey, mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. really quick, did you see who is on Joe Rogan? It was not the last podcast, but the one before it. I'm listening to it now. I'm freaking out. Mr. Beast. Oh, really? On Joe Rogan. And it is exceptional. That guy's awesome. <laughs> and I, I, I've never I've never watched any of the videos, but just listening to him, that's awesome. Cool guy. I'm going to start watching I, some of his videos. He's got 100 employees. 
He yep. invests all his I mean, money he's, back he's, into his channel. He's running a, a logistics company. Yeah. That's pretty much what he does. Yeah. You know? It's crazy. Logistics and production. A company. year and a half, he's in the hundreds of millions on his Beast Burger. Mm-hmm. It, all the companies this guy is doing, he's 23. Yeah. He's a millionaire. It's wild. And here we are. He lives at, here we are schlepping on a podcast, you know? Yeah, but I, I like to build I like to build boxes. Sorry. No, I know. I'm just joking. Yeah. Cool. Okay. What's up? Where are we at? I think we're good, huh, Jason? Unless there's anything else you wanted to No, no, I think it was great. Ken, before we before we sign off, is there anything upcoming that you're really excited about that you want people to know about, whether it's personal project a project that you have with um with nick anything coming up that you want people to check out no i think we've we've kind of touched on those um you know for me it's hive i really want to hit the ground running this year got a lot of you know stuff uh in the works to to offer you know people here coming up and then materia you know we're super excited now to be working with a lot of other builders in our area, designers in our area, and you know, taking the company a little bit uh, outside the Boston market. Like I said, we've already started working in New York City, um, and we're getting inquiries daily from all different uh, towns throughout the country. I mean, we're starting to ship stuff, you know, to the West Coast. So, um, just really looking forward to to building both of these companies uh, much more this year. Cool, cool, that's awesome. I, th- I think there should be a, a Jason Bent sucks discount code for a high Yeah, I think so. Were they like they pay an extra ten percent or something? <laughs> yeah. Upcharge code. That was good. <laughs> I'm gonna pioneer yeah, the upcharge yeah. code. Yeah. I like. Do you guys want to pay ten dollars more for a high I don't think the algorithm works that way. <laughs> Too cool. Ken, thank All you. Right, well, you, get a, you get a special sticker that way. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll make Jason Bent suck sticker. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just going to write that Ken, down. stop, because I know that these two a-holes are going to do that <laughs> I am, now. man. Do you want that with so a hand to... plane, a saw blade, <laughs> or a tree? <laughs> let's, uh, I'm going to see it end up each. in everybody's Instagram posts, just Jason Bent we'll stickers do... suck in the background of everything. <laughs> We'll do packs. We'll sell them in packs. You know. Yeah. You know that'll go viral. It'll be Jason Bent sucks, and then like smeared shit in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. You know that'll go viral, right? Any of that? Oh, absolutely. Coming to a bathroom stall near you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right next to the called Ben for a good time. Oh my god. <laughs> I thought it was Hans for a good Hans, time. Hans, call Hans. Hans, Hans for a good time. Straight as a voicemail. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you do that too good. Yeah. You do that yeah. too good. Well, Ken. Right. Yeah. Thank you, so Dude, thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. I really appreciate it, guys. This was uh, this was a good time oh, for sure. Hopefully, well, hopefully, I'm around uh, in a couple of weeks, and we can all ap- do this again in person. Absolutely. Yeah, I really hope so. Absolutely. So cool. I did want to. Uh, I think Ben was probably going to do this, but where can people find you? Me. You can find me on Instagram at Ken DeCost. Simple. That's Easy it. peasy. That's it. You've heard we it. We got a uh, YouTube series. It's called Revealed. Revealed. You can find that. Very good. It's on the, currently on the NS Builders um, YouTube channel. Um, 
Yeah, other than that, I'm not on a whole lot of other social stuff. Too damn busy. Because you're, you're, yeah, you're kind of busy. And, I mean, and at Hive Book. Yes. Uh, yeah, at Hive underscore, underscore yeah. Notebook. Yeah. Yep. 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 Ben Ben now gets twenty five percent of all your revenue. He does. Actually, he's now going to get a twenty five percent upcharge. <laughs> I've, I've got a bitly. I've got a Sorry. bitly link. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, here. buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. Cool. Cool. Sedge. Thanks again, guys. Appreciate it. You betcha. Where can everybody find you? Uh, SedgeTool.com. SedgeTool on all the platforms. IG, TikTok. Uh, where else? YouTube. Please. Grinder. Grinder. Tinder. Grinder. Uh, Pinterest. But also at Festool Sedge, Festool oh, Shop Talk, oh. and Festool Live. And Feet Finder. And. Yep. Yes. Jason. That's my, that's my favorite. Benswoodworking.com. Ben. MarshallDesignWorks.com and Ben Marshall Designs on Instagram and YouTube. And Ben Marshall. And Ben Marshall on Pornhub. That's right. That's it. That's right. Yeah. Actually, actually, it's uh, it's Hans's Panzer Panzerbrot on Hans's Panzerbrot. All you guys say just right. Ex- just explosions in your mouth. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for doing it. We just we just got off of Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks everybody. See you in the next episode. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you.